Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast number three. My name is Phil, and I'll be your host again tonight. It is November 14th, 2011, and we've got a few more people on the podcast, and again, from previous ones, and uh, you guys just want to get a uh, hello here? Yep, this is Darren, uh, aka Bombadil. Just want to give a quick shout out to my friends in Wolves in Exile and Tin Can Heroes. Hi, this is Greg, also known as Alexa of Card from Eve. I'll give a shout out to the Arendenny Light Pony and all the other Brony uh, Mech Warriors out there. Hi, this is Brandon, also known as Katra Kel. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my girlfriend who's putting up with my shena- shenanigans at the moment. <laughs> a brave woman. <laughs> Bronies. <laughs> Bronies. Oh, geez. they're coming, guys. They're coming. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, the Skunk Works Corp and Eve Online. Uh, keep trolling, my friends. And if you guys don't know what's going on, uh, Google it. Uh, Eve News 24. Awesome, epic what they're doing. I think it's hilarious. Keep up the shit. So we've got a lot of cover today, and uh, we've got Speaking of shit. everyone here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. MechWare Online, the news since last Wednesday. Basically, what they're doing is every Wednesday, they're getting something out to the community, which I think is awesome. They don't need to do this. And yet, they're putting the time and the effort um, to get this information out to us and not just leave us in the dark, which we do appreciate. So, Brian and the rest of the dev team, if you guys hear this, we do appreciate it. I mean, hands down. Thank you. I think um, they know from past uh, Mech Warrior franchise games or whatever, that this is going to be a strong community. And I think that they realize that, you know, the, the sooner that they um, start feeding this community and building this community, the better for them. How many people are they up to now that have registered? Right now, as we speak, I mean, last time I think we were around the eighteen, twenty thousand. Now we're at twenty-two thousand six hundred eighty-six. Um, now with this, every single time they release info, obviously there'll be more spike, and you can almost assume down the road it'll be even more. So awesome! And um, one of the things, guys out there, is remember, you know, they're doing this on their own time. Obviously, they are a company, so. But they are listening to us. They're giving us stuff that they don't necessarily have to do. And uh, I'm thankful for that. And one of those things is they did an interview. Now, we all knew and we gave a shout to him and he's actually responded. But Flying the Breeze um, did post on our Facebook, uh, you know, Alec Iglesias. Um, It is official, you know, did a whole spiel about him. And it's awesome. Um, so I want to jump into that first off and, and, and give him his due and see what you guys thought about his artwork now that we can officially say it is him. So And I'll make there. sure that uh, we get a link up there to the article that uh, for his interview because it is a great interview and a lot of insight into uh, his background and so forth. So Darren, what do you think about the, the I should say, what do you think about his style? And, uh, you know, there was sort of, a, it's a redesign per se, but it's sort of just his style of, uh, of uh, Mecha. But, I mean, look at the Jenner. I mean, what are your thoughts in general, the overall look of the mechs? Um, well, I don't want to um, repeat myself too much because I did, you know, say some of this in a previous podcast. But basically, I feel like his style, it's obviously very militaristic. And I think it's also, um, it makes sense. 
um, you know, if you look at it and it doesn't seem like some, like we were talking about before with the Marauder or mm -hmm. the different uh, cockpits that have huge windshields or whatever on them. Um, I think he makes his much more practical and something that you could actually envision being uh, a military vehicle. And so I think what he does is he, I don't, what I like about his artwork is that I don't feel like he changes the TRO. He doesn't just re-envision the mech. I think he just puts his stylistic, uh, you know, qualities to it, the, the, the militaristic look, the, um, and so forth. I think he just takes the, the basic TRO idea and he makes it better. That's my opinion. What about you, Alex? I mean, um, you know, you've been following uh, Battletech for quite some time. Are you happy with the look and, and the feel of these battle mechs so far? Uh, yeah, I like the, uh, I just absolutely love the original artwork and the technical readouts, just, ah, uh, because, you know, that's what you grew up with. I suppose it's nostalgic. It's definitely not, like, the most modern look, but it is fantastic. I am happy with the new work, though. What, yeah, what about I, you, Brent? Sorry, I'll, I'll just real quick, because he brought up the TRO, and, and <laughs> I, I'm, I don't mean to interrupt you, Brandon. You'll get your chance. That's all right, man. Um, you wait your turn, right now. <laughs> well, because I just, you know why, why I cut in? Because I looked at the Jenner, and I have to say that's the best Jenner I've ever seen in my entire life. Now, I hold a very soft spot in my heart for the original TRO. You know, I bought all those books, the first editions when they came out in the uh, early, mid-80s. Um, yes, I'm that old. Um, but... That is the baddest looking Jenner I have ever seen in my life. Brandon, what about go. you, Brandon? Now, now that you know you're allowed to speak, go. <laughs> All right, now that I'm allowed to speak there. Um, <laughs> personally, I really love his art. Uh, as I said, probably, I think somewhere in the first podcast when we kind of called him out on it a little bit early. Um, well, I guess when people listen to this, it wouldn't be so early. Uh, but I, I originally saw his uh, artwork on TG uh, up there on 4chan, and I fell in love immediately of it, even though it was just fan work at the time and stuff like that. So actually seeing him being picked up and doing artwork that's now official, I just gotta say I absolutely love it. Uh, I love the style, I love the, how it looks actually like a military vehicle, and looks practical. And one of the things I want to bring to light to a lot of people is there's a thread in the fan art section and it's a repainted custom art, or I should say repainted concept art. Now this was started by a guy, a guy named Hayden, and let me give a shout out to him too, you know, I know he, he's acknowledged it's flying debris work and whatnot, but what Hayden started is he started in some uh, basically paint jobs on these particular mechs of Battletech units and whatnot. And on our website, you can already start to see those. We've got a few that you know are on our contact and our Facebook that look amazing, and, and we're really hoping, and I think that the dev team will, will utilize this sort of, but now you're going to be able, hopefully, to put that own personal touch and then bring to life some of these custom you know, unit colors and whatnot, uh, or go crazy and be a brony, and you, you can be a rainbow-colored uh, you know, Jenner. Um, <laughs> one thing that I do love, and... And again, we need to sort of understand, Bum and Alec, you guys said TRO. Now, I know there's a lot of fans out there that you guys are like, oh, you know, I don't want to see anything redone or whatever. Well, guys, there are some mechs, actually a large majority of mechs, that if you look at the TRO, they're not mechanically sound. Uh, you know, hip or sockets or ball and socket, uh, different parts of the mech's movement and stuff, where if you just actually took that drawing and put it into a three-dimensional world, there'd be a lot of clipping. Uh, it's not realistic. And so 
one of the things that I think Taryn hit on is what Flying Debris is doing is creating a not necessarily a realistic as far as um, you know taken away from the Tiro, but he's creating movable joints and movable actual 3d models and so that's one of the things that i really like about what he's doing and and for the most part most mechs don't need love but there are some and you guys know which ones there are and so moving into that just right off the bat we'll start with brandon who's not last this time if there are two mechs that you would say need the most love out of the tiroir and you'd like to sort of see redone which they're all going to be sort of done anyway he's going to put his own style on but if there's two yeah. specific ones which ones would you pick well that need the most love i don't really know there's two i would really love to see redone um well i guess this one here does need a little bit of love as well but the centurion uh if you look at its legs at certain points it looks almost paper thin um especially on the joints around the foot and the feet don't seem to be basically looking the exact same. It looks like it has one type of foot on one foot and the other on the other on the original artwork. Uh, the other one I would actually like to see redone is the 20-ton Thorn. And I've always held a special spot in my heart for that mech, and I don't know why. Okay. How about you, Alec? Uh, you, you brought this question up to me uh, earlier, and... Uh... I wish it, you had like given me like a day or two so I could go back and look through. <laughs> no, right now. Because I haven't looked at the old, <laughs> I haven't looked at the old pictures in so long. I can't really think of two off the top of my head that need it. I can tell you from my point of view, a few things that I wouldn't mind being redone. The Raven a little bit, and even though it's iconic, I would like to keep the same basic idea there, but I'd like to see the Timberwolf updated a little bit. Now, before I go to Darren, sorry, Darren, you're going to have to wait. Before I go to Darren, one of the things I want you guys to check out, and he says the Timberwolf, I'm a huge fan. It's my favorite mech by far. Now, if I had to choose an IS mech, it would be the Centurion. But like you guys out there, the Timberwolf is iconic. I mean, you show anybody online, for the most part, the Timberwolf, and boom, they think mech warrior. I mean, it's, it's the mainstream. It's the... More than the Warhammer? I would say yes. And the reason I say this, if you showed the Warhammer to a lot of people, they probably wouldn't know it necessarily recently. So, I mean, we were talking about two different age groups. But the Timberwolf, if you guys go to the fan art again, and you go down to a particular um, post, and it's called the Timberwolf Tribute um, page. Now, this guy, he goes by uh, Azure Tempest. Now, he just threw up a sort of concept of what he thought a Timberwolf. Now... The awesome thing about it, and, and the reason I bring this up is, if you look at this picture, it has everything the Timberwolf, you know, has as far as that, you know, like, it looks aesthetically, it looks freaking nice, but there are some big differences. And so, I want you guys to keep your mind open to some of these things that may be a little bit, you know, different as far as if he puts his touch on it, but then they still sort of capture your heart. And yeah, there might be slight differences. You know, the, the hardcore fans out there might be a little bit. But I mean, is that going to be a make or break for me personally? Heck no. I, you know, I have faith in this dev team and I have faith in the concept art. So check that out. And now we move to Darren. Darren, what are your two mechs that you'd like to see? <laughs> um, well, I mean, you know my ideal Lance already. So I definitely want to see him uh, do all those mechs. 
Um, I 100% agree with the Centurion. Um, I've always, I know that's one of your favorite mechs, BK. Um, I've always pretty much hated that mech, and so I would love to see somebody make it uh, cool for me. Um, but really, the two that I want to see, number one is the Wasp, and um, <clears throat> or the Stinger, either one of those, um, because I want to see what's going to happen regarding you know the unseen design, or if he can't use that, the new ones, and how he's. I just know he's going to make it look cool, and so it'd be really nice to see uh, the Wasp or the Stinger done really well. Um, and then the other one I'd really like to see from the original TRO redone is the Spider. I think it's got a lot of possibilities, and I think he would just make it amazing. Now, you've brought up three different um, light mechs. Sorry, I can't be limited to uh, two. No, no, and I don't blame you. And one of the things uh, to throw out there is how is the dev team going to come up with weapons and weapon systems to allow these light mechs to be effective in battle? Um, and that's another uh, topic we'll talk about. You know, um, what's interesting is I've never been this excited about light mechs. Like, I've never thought, you know what, I can't wait in to get into this game and get a Jenner. But right now, I can truly say that. I want oh, yeah. a freaking Jenner. And, and, and there's actually a thread about that, I think, is who else will pilot something else than an assault mech, you know? And we're hoping Me. that... Yeah, and we're hoping that it doesn't turn into, like, a mech 4 where everyone just sort of hopped into the biggest and the baddest, and that's all was sort of wrong. That's around. just up to them oh, for sure. to, to make the lighter mechs effective, you know? I mean, the only reason people did that is because that's how you win. So if they can make the light mechs effective and, uh, you know, worthy of being on the battlefield, I think it's just going to be awesome. It's going to totally change uh, the way we've played Mech Warrior in the past. I think one thing you're going to want to watch is that light mechs need to do two things I think in order to be effective. They need to have they need to be able to somehow avoid the damage that's being shelled out by assault level mechs through careful piloting. I mean, if you're fast enough, you should be able to dodge some of the Gauss shots, some of the autocannon shots, the PPCs, these things. The faster you are, the less likely it is that you should be caught by those. And the other thing is, they're going to need some kind of battlefield role, because simply avoiding damage is not going to be enough. They're going to need to be not necessarily doing some damage, that's not really their point, but I think an importance of electronic warfare, that will probably help quite a bit. And I think you hit on a key thing, and we don't want to get off too far on attention, but I do want to, I would, I do want to dive into this, and that's because they have stated um, in, in their facts and in the stuff that each class is going to have a purpose. Now. One of the things just off the top of my head, what you can do just with light mechs alone is, you know, y you might be that person that says, oh, well, if, um, if, you know, each mech should be able to have, you know, all the equipment as long as you have the tonnage in space. Okay, I'll give you that. Maybe, you know, you can have, you know, sensors and radar and what, all, you know, all mechs have that. But what you can do is you can allow those light mechs to have those, those certain systems that give it a bonus. Maybe they're just sensors, uh, advanced sensors or whatnot have longer ranges compared to or maybe you know BAP and all those GCM maybe those are allowed on the light mechs only now some of you guys may be screaming about oh you know god you know what are they gonna do well hey they're gonna come up with a system that I'm looking forward to and remember that that capability just with the light mechs allows them to actually be a part you know it, it's not gonna be like every mech and who knows that's just speculation but the next topic we're gonna talk about is the claims and uh, one of the things I want to sort of pop out there to you if 
We are following the timeline just like the devs stated. So today is November 14th, 2011, which in-game would be November 14th, 3048. At least right now they're doing 3048 uh, news updates and whatnot. So, okay, if we roll over to this coming summer, you've got about eight months from right now, time frame. So that's from June to August, it would be 3049. The clans don't officially invade as far as the inner sphere and stuff till 3050. So that brings to mind is, are the clans, clan mechs and clan tech even available on launch? Just and a little, little interesting side note, actually November 21st, so in uh, seven days from now, the clans vote to initiate Operation Revival and invade the inner sphere. Yes. And so, what are your guys' thoughts on... Um, and, and we'll dive into our, our subtopics here, but um, obviously Battletech, you know, everyone knows the clans. Um, you know, some people hate them, some people love them. Um, there's some threads going around that's actually, uh, that are quite hilarious. Um, some people are saying, oh, you don't want to introduce the clans and whatnot because balance issues. But just in general, what do you guys think about them choosing sort of right before the clan invasion? And, and uh, not only that is, uh, I mean, are you guys looking forward to it? I mean, in general, Alec, how about we start with you? I'm definitely looking forward to it. I thought the clan invasion uh, was an extremely compelling storyline. It brought in a lot of great characters and a lot of great antagonists. Um, it brought together uh, previous foes in an interesting way in that they weren't actually friends. They were still scheming about each other behind each other's back some were legitimately becoming friends. It was just a, a robust foil for character development in the Inner Sphere characters, and the clan characters themselves were very engaging and interesting. I love the clan culture. Uh, I always thought that was friggin' awesome to read about. So it, it, I think it'll be good. It'll be positive. The clan tech does present problems in a, from a balance perspective. But, we'll we'll, know, di we'll dive into happen. that in just a second. I, I don't want to get too far ahead, but uh, I definitely agree with you. And uh, I'm sure that uh, Darren and, and Brandon will get your feedback. But just remember, right. the last time sort of the, the clan invasion was talked about as far as a game was MechWarrior 2 Mercenaries. And so if you guys never played that, it was epic in its own right. I think MechWarrior 2 Mercenaries was the best game. Um, but technology-wise, uh, it was very hard to capture the realism and sort of the total... Uh, you know, ongoing of the, the Battletech universe. And so, uh, you know, Brandon, um, are you familiar with the clan invasion? I know you came into the Battletech oh, world late. Oh, yes. I mean, I got pretty much all the novels there, so... <laughs> okay. I, yeah, um, one of the things, or at least novel-wise, with the clan invasion, I, I'm going to have to agree with uh, Alec there. It's pretty much the backbone of the entire Battletech universe. It's when everything happens, and it's when Pretty much anything and everything that's important happens. You got the core coming back. You got advanced technology entering back into the inner sphere. Hopes of another golden age. You got Comstar showing up, being all like, hey, we got mechs you didn't know about. And pretty much it's just the entire backbone. And with that being said as well, um, especially if you look back at the novels and some of the older material as well, there was a huge, huge gap in technology difference between the clans and the Inner Sphere that I think a lot of people uh, forgot about, because I believe the further you get along, it, they seem to shorten that gap in the technology. Yeah. 
Now, Darren. I mean, well, well, Darren. I, you know, I would say Darren and, and me might agree on one thing that I sort of disagree in a way. Um, I think that um, the backbone of BattleTech and stuff was pre-clan invasion. And the reason I say that is some of your earlier novels, before all the clans, were were epic in their own right. I mean. The, the first series of novels, uh, The Great Death Legion, you know, I mean, the sort of stories, now granted this isn't a MechWarrior game, but as far as the, all that history, that rich history, and, and there was a lot of focus on small units, you know, lance on lance, you know, company on company, and that, I, I think it sort of got lost with the introduction of the clans. I mean, you saw battle mechs go from, you know, for instance, uh, the Centurion. You know, you had mechs that would have three primary weapon systems, an AC, a, you know, a few lasers, and a missile system. And then when the clans introduced, you saw a big change, and you even see this in how people look at building mechs, even on the forum, is they go for symmetry. And, yeah. you know, every mech has two ER large, two ER medium, two LRM-15s. And I would say that it, the clan invasion in, in general was epic. I mean, Phelan Kel, obviously. But I, I think it, it sort of lost a lot because of that sort of introduction. I mean, Darren, do you, do you see where I'm coming from? And I know I've talked to you for a little bit. I mean, do you agree on that as far as just something changed and it wasn't a negative thing, but something did change as far as the introduction of the clients? Yeah, now, you know, I started playing Battletech in the mid-80s and uh, tabletop and obviously way before the introduction of the clans. Um, that was always something I appreciated, like you, was that a mech would have, you know, three, four different weapons that had total different attributes, ranges, and you had to pick the best weapon for the situation that you're in. Um, that was something I always appreciated. Um, I also, you know, when I first started reading novels, I read, you know, the... Um, same ones as you did, uh, starting with Carlisle's Commandos and all the way to Wolf Dragoons. I really got into the mercenary units. Um, that's always kind of been the backbone for me, and that's what I've always kind of, you know, uh, strived to uh, role play or whatever. Um, but I, you know, and so I really grew up with the Inner Sphere. I love the Inner Sphere. I think there's tons of storyline in there and a lot of great stuff to work with. Um, but I did also like the Clan Invasion and that changed it yes um you know did it make it worse better it it still is good i think it was quality it added a new layer um they didn't stray too too far from uh the core idea what i didn't get into obviously was and we've talked about this before was a dark age that's pretty much the only thing from uh the BattleTech universe i didn't really get into I'm not saying it's bad not saying it's good is i just that didn't even personally canon anymore uh I, yeah, I think it's think debatable. So. I don't know, though. I, yeah, I mean, it's sort of like Mech Assault. If you ask most Mech fans... Uh, That's not a Mech game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, to elaborate a little bit, I, I love the clans, I love what they did, but one of the topics that gets brought up, and, and the whole reason we're sort of covering the clans is, you've never, and I'm throwing this out there, and, and you guys can, can let us know how you guys feel about this, but I have never seen an actual true clan unit so far. And what I mean by this, and this this could be argued and it's being argued sort of on the forums or discussed, I shouldn't say argued. But the whole premise around the clans was a warrior society that honor, you know, courage and you held on to that honor and whatnot. And that, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And that there were certain rules of engagement that you had to follow. I mean, it was sort of built in. And we've never seen that. And so what a lot of people are saying, and this is why they're like, oh, you know, we shouldn't have the clans and balance issue, is one of the arguments is there's no clans that actually follow their own rules. 
yeah, as far as BattleTech lore, and you know, it's pretty much they use it because it's better technology and whatnot, and and I tend to agree with them, even though I, you know, I've played being a clanner forever. It, it's one of those things that I do agree with, and and I think unfortunately, as far as a player goes, you lean towards whatever is best for the situation, and so this sort of jumps right into. Um, our subtopics is balance, uh, you know, the equipment and the battle mechs of how are the devs going to balance this? Now, obviously one of the things they can do is that they can make weapons or even the battle mechs. Uh, let's talk about the weapons first. Um, are the weapon systems going to be extremely different as far as if you take just a base damage of a regular medium IS laser to the base damage of a ER medium? of a clan and so you know is it going to be that extreme where you see like five and then like ten or is it going to be very very small but in the right hands of a particular pilot and here's where it gets interesting is this game is based around your skill and so if it's going to be a slight increase but if you use it right throughout a whole battle that little bit of increase may add up to a whole lot in the long run and so what are your guys thoughts on as far as weapon balance and what issues or you know pros would you see out of that as far as uh clan rules and stuff I mean that's a player decision i'd love to see people rp the clans a little more faithfully but uh you know <laughs> getting people to actually do it is, is something else entirely um as far as for balancing weapons i think rarity would have something to do with it um risk of risk of loss you know, if, if these weapons and mechs are hard for players to come by, they may feel less enthusiastic about deploying them in great numbers or doing so recklessly. Okay, so you're saying sort of like that. And we and again, we don't know, um, you know, guys, whether... Consequences. Exactly, the consequence. Is there going to be a death penalty? Is there going to be a repair? Um, and, and I bring this up... Uh, Again, we've talked about in the previous podcast the death penalty uh, and the repair. So, are you going to be able? And there's a thread right now. There's actually two of you know how much detail they're going to get into as far as the damage to your mech. Is it just a repair bill? Can you actually have you know a repair bill, but certain items on your mech get blown apart? You know, as far as you actually have to replace the laser that gets blown, you know, damaged, or is it just the you know repair and it does all? And so. What are your thoughts, Darren, on this? Because, you know, you've played pretty much all the iterations, um, just in general. Um, you know, balance is a really tough thing to deal with in making a game. And so I don't really claim to, to know how to make this work. Um, I have a lot of trust in the uh, crew as well, and I think that they will make it work one way or another. Um, I'll just reiterate what I've said in past podcasts is that consequence is a huge factor for me. Um, in, in fact, that might even be the most important word for me for this game. Um, that's what's going to make people play. Like, I, I want to role play this thing. We've talked about that. So do you. Um, that's what's going to make people play the way we read them in the books or, you know, whatever. Um, so that's what I'm really looking forward to. I hope they can get as close to that as possible to where, um, just like Alec was saying, you know, maybe the, the, the clan technology and mechs are so hard to come by that they're not going to just steamroll everybody because they have the better technology. Um, 
so I, I don't really have the answer, but uh, I know what I like. What, what do you feel about the whole clans and then, you know, obviously you can't force anybody to actually roleplay and whatnot. So, I mean, have you ran into issues in the past, any of you, with that sort of thing where, you know, they're supposed to represent Clan Wolf or Clan Jade Falcon, but it was never really... Yeah, it's never been done correct. Well, I've always played with friends, and I was usually the clanner of the group, uh, so I, I did my best to to follow their Zellbergen rules and stuff. But of course, you know, this savagely coward inner sphere, they're always shooting people they shouldn't shoot, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's on. <laughs> so obviously there's a lot, guys, um, that we just don't know yet, and so again, this is just a quick, you know, sort of talking and speculation discussion on this because we really don't know um and so maybe this coming wednesday they'll answer a few questions that might clear up um but right now there's a lot of questions as far as clans in general what about the market now when i throw Wait, this uh, out there one more ooh. thing about clans so if you don't mind it's that yeah, an interesting ahead. possibility i think we're approaching it right now from the perspective that when they're released they're immediately going to be player character a player character group, but what if the developers decided to go more with the Eve incursion model, where they're a very powerful NPC presence that acts as a unifying force on certain planets as an event? So you're saying sort of like uh, you can do missions to uh, basically fight, you know, a series of battles, and at the end maybe you have a chance of getting a, a piece or a few pieces of clan tech equipment or whatnot. Yeah, I mean, uh, Eve was doing live, essentially live events uh, where they would spawn just massive numbers of very pimped out NPC battleships around these planets. And uh, the role-playing reason was these ships were here, they were abducting the planet's populace, the local authorities obviously can't handle it, could all these players please come and help? And uh, if you search the Sancha invasions on YouTube, you can see people filming it, and they're just awesome. Lasers flying everywhere, literally hundreds of NPC battleships flying around. And players would have to sort of organize themselves in such a way that they could get in there, fight, and get out alive. And I think at the end of it, there was some sort of large boss spawn, and you know people could fight over the salvage. Literally. I don't know how exactly are, are, that would... Are you talking, yeah, literally. Are you Clucking device. Okay, move on. Hit it, hit it in. Uh, sorry. Uh, funny joke. Uh, we'll get back to that one. He does Literally. have a point, and I want you guys um, to to think about this, and we'll ask Brandon his opinion. But one of the things is we don't know if they're going to include PVE. But my speculation is, and I've, I've talked to a few people, they've been doing little news updates, and they've they've said a few mechs, and they, you know they're saying stuff that happens during that day, and you know events. They've mentioned other battle mechs that we haven't seen concept art for. The Devastator, the Zeus, I think the Centurion, a few others. But they've also included a few helicopters as well. I think the, the uh, that one attack helicopter. So are they mentioning it just to be sort of that role-playing you know, aspect? Or are they actually mentioning it to throw out the idea that there are going to be vehicles, but they're not going to be player-controlled? And so now... Um, it it does dive into that, but before we go any further, Brandon, I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on this? Well, thoughts on well, first of all, with the whole teasing and stuff, I think I think the developers are nothing but a bunch of sadists. They like to tease <laughs> us quite a bit. Uh, as for the you clans, um, balancing and everything like that's going to be the biggest issue, and I think uh, personally, because when they first show up, 
what's basically it's a whole thing of how much damage more is a clan laser going to do over the inner sphere laser and basically it's just an entire thing of balance i'm not sure how they're going to do it because they haven't actually come out and said um and in all the other mech warrior games there's always been really no reason to take the inner sphere stuff over the clan exactly and i think that's one of the key things they're going to have to look at why it, why should I stay IS? Now, if there's a death penalty and I can actually lose my mech, or if there's, hey, you get to keep your mech, but there's actually equipment on your mech that can make it blown off as far as if you're in a clan mech. Um, this sort of dives into what Alec was getting into, is how are they going to do the market? And the market is going to, in my opinion, is a big question mark right now because we don't know if it's player-driven. We don't know if it's seeded by the devs and the, the dev team and it's like a built-in thing. We don't know if everything is going to be accessible right off the bat. As far as anything, even IS Tech, before any of the clans were uh, thinking, we can just talk about the market in general. So are certain items going to be rare, like Alex said, and is that rarity transferred over to a consequence if you can actually lose it? And so maybe not the particular mech, maybe it is the mech. We, you know, and we speculated about that last time in the other podcast. We don't really know. But it makes you wonder is, from a timeline of, if, if you're starting to play this game and a year down the road, nothing basically gets taken away from you and there's no really risk. Now, what kind of, you know, what kind of development as far as gameplay? I mean, you'll end up with everyone having sort of the top near stuff or, I mean, so can you gain stuff from doing PvE missions, and can that be taken away through a consequence of your own? I mean, um, how would you guys feel if, you know, you had this IS mech and it had clan tech on it, or if you had this particular clan mech and it got blown up? I mean, how would you guys feel about it? I'd get mad and slam the keyboard and then probably continue rage, playing rage and have quit. to go back there <laughs> and have to rebuy it. <laughs> um... So, yeah, I mean, you know, in general, it'd be like, oh, fuck, it's out of a... But it puts consequence. And now some of this stuff, again, like we talked about, may not be normal just drops. You know, if you're just a normal Joe Schmo, if you're doing a normal drop. But we're talking about planetary. We're talking about you, you know, leading your Merc company, your organization, how much logistics. And a lot of that, again, is just sort of speculation we don't know. But maybe, maybe it might clear it up with the market. You um, know what I would like to see, personally, just talking about the the clan invasion again i think alex's idea of um it being some kind of npc event is awesome where you could possibly capture clan technology or even clan mechs um i think you know just thinking about it as li i was listening to you all talk what i'd really like to see is that you at least for a good while a year two years something like that that the clans are not uh playable um, I would like to see them as an NPC element that can bring some cool stuff into the game, but otherwise, I just really, I don't know how they're going to keep people from everybody going clan, everybody's got a Timberwolf with ERP PCs, you know, like, I just don't want to see that happen to the game. Yeah. Well, Timeline-wise, that's eventually going to happen, that's just the way the universe goes, if they're going to stick to it. I mean, even even One if idea. they don't allow clans, you got to think there's already groups that are swearing their allegiance to this Merc group that's going to be created. That's called, you know, Clan Ghost Bear. You know, Clan Which J. Just fucking retarded. <laughs> Anyone that's I mean, doing that. Yeah, it's whatever. Do what you guys feel, but yeah, I mean, really original. Um, I had an idea, and, and you know, 
I don't know how feasible this would be, but um, I could think of plenty of people who would be willing to hop in the clan mechs for some event if you opened it up to players and said, okay, you guys are all really good players. We're approaching you because we think you might be interested in this. Um, have this live event, have the NPCs, have maybe the named characters actually be players and have like maybe, okay, this planet's being invaded by a clan galaxy. And there are actually some players with different account names playing these clan characters, fighting the other players in the event. So it's and basically the, like uh, real life APCs. It's just that, you know, they're player driven. Right. Well, sort of like an events team. And let's say the deal is okay, you have to obey by the, uh, the clan engagement yeah, rules, the... you have to do it in character, that stuff. And they, and they only play those. That. They only play those characters when events going on and whatnot. They right. go back to their. I like that. That's like personally, cool. I think that's putting a lot of trust in the player base, and I don't see the player base being able to fulfill that requirement. Uh, I like the idea, but I think it would probably be better served having devs play those roles or something. Well, it's yeah. a question of staffing. I don't think they're going to have a whole lot of people for a game that's just starting up, but they are going to have a lot of passionate players who are enthusiastic about not only BattleTech but. Battletech universe, and uh, I bet I you mean, could get some people, enough people that would be willing to do. It. We're not talking a whole lot. I'm talking I mean, maybe yeah. like two or three dozen players that care enough to. Can do you imagine it right. if if one of the devs yeah. like sent you a message saying, "Hey, you know, we really, you know, we've seen your stats or we've seen you in battle. We'd really like you to be a part." I mean, obviously, you'd probably have to you'd you'd sign something or it'd be a part of a group. I mean, it'd sort of be an honor, and it'd just be fun. I mean, you could just be that total. Yeah, you could go elite as you wanted you could have you know any i mean it, i think that would be really cool but um i don't i don't know if that'll happen and we really don't know how the clans are going to be are they going to allow the player base to be the clans so you know again guys we don't really know and so all you groups that are going for the clans i understand you guys want to be clans i mean don't let what i say you know the whole statement yeah it says, you from says it. failing kill yeah <laughs> exactly but it's one of those things that maybe down the road they do allow and again i'm sure we'll find out more about that and um to move on uh to move on before we get caught up in this uh one of the things i want to talk about next is is the mercenary logistics now we touched on this slightly but if you guys have never heard kiss keep it simple stupid how in depth are they going to go with the level of control as far as and, it, and this has to do with a lot of the gameplay mechanics, like, you know, um, logistics as far as repair, salvage, armament, you know, mech selection. Um, can the Merc company, you know, if you have the funds, buy all those things and basically you have X amount of mechs and equipment and you actually have to excuse me, control all that. And then when you have drops, uh, you know, um, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, would you like to see, and we've got a few threads that are going, how, how in-depth do you think now use the KISS, you know, when all is possible? Um, we've talked about this in the past, and so here's how I'm going to use KISS. I'm going to throw it out the window. I don't give a shit. What I want it to be is as in-depth and complicated as possible. Um, I love logistics. I love, you know, the commanders that put... I mean, really, basically, to, to lead a clan or a guild or whatever in a game... The most important requirement is time. You got to have tons and tons of time. It's babysitting. It's whatever, 
And so what I would like to see is some payoff for all that time of putting into leading a, a group and have all kinds of control, you know, control as far as um, the ranks within your unit, with mech assignments, with repairs, with um, basically every possible thing that they could get into the game that would make sense and make it just more complex and more fun. That's that's how I feel about it. Now, Alec, and if you guys didn't hear podcast two, Alec is actually the CEO, the head honcho, the man himself of Noir Mercenary Group. So some of you guys, even if you've heard their podcast, that's because that's why you recognize his voice. Um, <laughs> but obviously, long time, you know, Battletech fan, you are the CEO of uh, Noir. You have to handle all the logistics and, you know, contracts and whatnot. Is that something you want to transfer over to and, and be as in-depth? Um, I mean, obviously with, um, you know, EVE, you don't actually control what the player, you know, they, they can pretty much purchase but uh, stuff, but you actually say, hey, for this particular type of fleet, you know, we want this fit, you know, we want this ship, this type of weapons, this, blah, blah, blah. How in-depth do you want that? And uh, obviously keeping KISS in, in mind, or is it out the window for you and you want it all? From a management perspective, again, I am somewhat related to the uh, what you call it, the amount of customization you can do. If it's really thrown out the window and any mech chassis can do anything, you're going to have a lot of overhead at the commander level trying to get people to do the fits that are, you know, remotely optimal for what you want to have happen. You don't want to have like a Jenner with like tons of machine guns if machine guns suck you know, <laughs> so from that perspective I'm kind of hoping they keep things somewhat standardized so you can just be like okay take a light lance and most of the light mechs I mean you can't really go too wrong but what if I wanted 20 machine guns and well, just all, mech warrior 3 right <laughs> to interject too that's wasn't I wasn't suggesting that um, it should be so open that we can do anything I'm just saying as far as uh, logical command things I want as as many possibilities as you know as far as what contracts you take what uh, where you deploy where you drop etc but I'm not saying that uh, it should be mech warrior 4 where you can just put anything on any mech and nothing matters well I think one thing to sort of focus in on this and we we're talking about even if they do a uh, you can customize your mech fully or you only have variants and the weapons on it really comes down to well if you do have that centurion and you're in battle and say the centurion survives but it's you know right arm gets blown off and the ac10 gets knocked off do you actually physically have to make sure you have a spare to replace that yeah you can repair the arm but there's no weapon until you get that and so stuff like that and obviously with the players and and this is it goes into is some of the things you were talking about darren is can you pay individuals like how does the is there that kind of level to where you know obviously they can do regular drops and earn c bills and whatever you know just for fun with their you know buddies and at pub matches but for planetary is it one of those things that c bells are rare and they have to build up towards something is it you know so that, i think that's the thing is you know if your mech gets destroyed is that you know and the, your merc group has to either supply you with a mech and then uh, there's a lot I of would questions like I would like to see options like you're so let's say you're a mercenary unit leader um, you can decide okay the way I'm gonna pay my mercs is um, they're gonna get whatever mech I get them 
but I'll, uh, you know, pay them more money than average. Or you can say, um, you know, I'm going to not pay them much, but I will supply whatever they want, whenever they want, you know, or whatever. You can you can kind of yeah, customize it to your own leadership style or what you want. I'd like to see that kind of diversity. I would actually like to, if I can pipe up here for a minute, I would like to kind of see it, I, I don't want to say a split way, but a little bit in that sort of direction. I guess the best way to put it is, what about those people that just want to hop on with three friends and hop in a cockpit, make a little group for themselves and want to go on there and don't don't want to worry about management and everything like that. And then we have people like uh, Alec here who oversees who knows what um, on a daily basis. And Nazi. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, and wants to get really in-depth and everything like that. I would like to see two different ways Merc groups can get set up. One, just as like a simple freelance unit where you just if you and three friends want to hop on and do something as a group, that's good. And then have more like an advanced option one where you would have the huge multitasking and the overseeing of supplies and payment and everything like that. And I, I think, think what... Can't, I can't we... I think, sorry. Can't they do that sort of with just a, an auto option? I mean, we've seen games do that before to where, you know, you didn't want to pick you know, with whatever games. Like, if you had your character had skills or whatever and you leveled up, you could just do auto and it automatically did it for you. Or if you wanted to be in there, you know, you could go in, de you know, detail. You could open up the tab and go in there personally to customize. And I think with it being is... Is Merc play as far as planetary and stuff it should be serious business almost like eve online it's serious ship business i mean it, you know it, serious shit you know <laughs> um so are they going to go that route how much detail are they going to go into um and one thing i know we touched on it last time but sort of wrap your guys head around of is there going to be a consequent consequence for your actions if you have a you know just like world of tanks is moving to now we use world of tanks and other games um for mechanics not necessarily that game's perfect and whatnot but one of the things they're going to implement is that you know when your mech gets, or when your tank gets destroyed it's out for x amount of days and planet or, or yeah in basically conquest clan play now imagine you're a merc group and you get hired to do a mission or you bid or do whatever and your pilots have X amount of mechs each, and then the Merc group has X amount of mechs. Well, you really have to plan of what are we going to do? What mechs are we going to drop with the first you know, initial combat? You know, Is there groups out there that can do more with less? And you take the, the lower-end mechs just to do damage? And the reason I say this is think strategically. Say you get hired by a group um, to you know, fight someone for two days to basically soften up their numbers and basically take out as many mechs as you can. And then the another group may come in behind you and you know hit them the next three, four, five days. So they they pretty much use you as cannon fodder. So if you're really good and your group is good and you guys you know got your act together, you can be used to go in and create that havoc, almost almost like a real uh, you know merc unit in BattleTech. Sounds a lot like Eve, mainly when they had that trade federation. Oh man, that was a good time. <laughs> I think the difference that Catra was talking about, the difference between you know three or four people that um, want to play casually and 40 or 100 people that want to 
you know, uh, have no life and play all the time. Uh, really, to me, I believe is the difference between being part of a house military unit and being a Merc Corp. I don't think a Merc Corp should have a an easy mode. I think it should be difficult to run. I think it should be difficult to be successful, and I think the payoff should be good for when you can pull that off. I think if you want to be casual player, then that's what the houses are for. You know, you don't make as much money, um, but there's always a, you know, a flea there waiting for you if you lose your mech or whatever. Um, I think that the house is is more of a is more of a casual style. That's what I think uh, they should do with that. I think that's the best bet as well. I mean, if you want to get on with uh, your three or four or five friends, whatever the case may be, I mean, League of Legends has already solved that problem. You know, you can go in for casual play, you can invite your friends to your group, and that's it. It's That's all there is. If your points aren't tracked or anything like that, unless you want them to be. And there's a mode for that too. Um, and I think the, the tracked mode, the more professional, competitive not professional play, but competitive play. That's the planetary invasion stuff. That's managing your own mercenary unit. That's for the players for whom consequences in a game have more... It, it, it raises the stakes and it makes the gameplay more fun. It allows them to be emotionally invested in something that immersion. will reward them. Yeah, immersion. And that's very important for some players. I'm one of them. And, and one of the things that uh, gets me as far as I'm excited about this is the persistence the in-depth i mean my group can build towards something and i think that's what eve online does so well is you can do whatever the hell you want in eve i mean whether you want to be a care bear miner you know a, a troll i mean whatever you want to do you can do it but the game allows you to basically move towards that goal i mean and some games suffocate you because there is no built-in um, persistence. There's no ladder league. There's no any of that. And I think that's one thing that's key. I mean, obviously, this is a whole online play. And so, let's have it, devs. Let's uh, you know throw us your best shot. Obviously, whatever you guys come up with, I'm down for. But you you do hear the community. There's parts that are want really really in depth. But then you're you're gonna have to cater, obviously. And you know, guys, I know you may hate to hear this, but you're gonna have to cater to some groups that may not be as in depth. But maybe that's what the regular drop plays for. And maybe. You know, once they get a, a you know accustomed to that, then they can move into the the planetary. I'm but, fine catering the casual as long as it doesn't make the game suffer for the serious. I, I agree. I agree. So let's move on to a next uh, discussed topic on, on the forums, and that's and I know we've touched and touched on this, but gameplay and first person perspective now. Uh, you've got a whole thread uh, right now, like we read in the faxes, right now they're saying they're going to focus on the first person, uh, that you're inside the, you know, the battle mech, and that they're looking at possibilities of implementing third person, but they're not really sure yet. First off, um, one of the issues that I'm always hes hesitant about, and you guys probably agree, and some of you guys listening may or may not agree, but we did have issues with basically MechWarrior 4. And that was the, the particular angle and the particular camera mode. It basically gave you an advantage of being in third person. Now, if you were in a third person option server and you played first person, you were at a disadvantage extremely. And that was your own fault, I guess, for, for playing first person in a third person server. So one of the arguments I would say is if they are going to implement a third person, 
they I think personally I would like to see something that might be unique now I suggested this uh, before and I'll say it again if you didn't hear the last one I even threw this up on the forums is there's a lot of different ways they can implement third person that don't take away or give an advantage and one of those being is having a third person do from outside the cockpit on the right or left shoulder now it's a different perspective all you know totally and it's actually pretty cool looking I've gone in and with my modeling and stuff and I've looked from that view and it's a totally different perspective but it doesn't give you a tactical advantage of giving away information another view is from the hip um, you can almost imagine that if your mech has these weapon systems and whatnot you know uh, your mech firing its autocannon in his arm I mean you're right there you'd see the shells you know falling it'd be a really really cool perspective but again it doesn't give a tactical advantage away there are other ideas, and so what are your thoughts, um, Bomb, on this? Well, actually, I'll ask uh, Alec, because he played, I think, a little bit of uh, online play. Is that correct? Uh, no, I actually didn't play that much online play. Okay, never mind. All right, Catra, did you <laughs> um, Boo, get out of here. I mean, so I played a lot, and that was one of the problems with MechWarrior 4. It was... Uh, it did turn into a jump snipe fest, and I don't have a problem oh, with God. people jump sniping. The problem was that with third-person view, they knew you were there before you even knew there. And so, do you guys see that as a big issue? Is it a is it a make or break uh, for you if it's not third-person or it doesn't have the options of? I mean, I, I think it could be a. I don't. Well, I don't think it'll be a make or break for them. But I think that enough people were dissatisfied with that in MechWarrior 4 that they, it would, I would be really surprised if they made the same mistake. And it sounds from their wording that they're not going to. My feelings on this are really simple. I want this to be um, as realistic as possible and immersive and a floating over your mech, you know, 100 feet up, 100 feet back, there's no way to do that realistically. Um, you know, if you want to have a shoulder cam or a pelvis cam or whatever the heck, that's cool. That's realistic. I mean, you know, it's you're, it's in the 31st century, we should be able to put cameras on our mech somewhere so we can get different perspectives. But I really feel like it needs to stick to realism and um, not allow for uh, dysfunction like happened in MechWarrior 4. What about you, Brandon? What What are your thoughts? I mean, playing it, from what you have. It, it. I said it at the very first podcast, and I'm going to say it again here. I always found myself hopping back into pure tech servers during MechWarrior 4, and that's mainly for the reason, like you said, they're jump sniping. You don't know where they are. They see you over the hill. They jump up in their 100 ton Marauder, and pump you through a Goss rail, and there was nothing you could do about it. And it just got very very annoying very quickly I guess is the best way to put it without cursing so by locking the person into the first person perspective I think well one MechWarrior is supposed to be a battle tech simulator and with that being said having the third person perspective doesn't really help with your simulation um, second of all I think for balance wise it would be a lot easier and uh, well better balance to lock everyone into the first person rather than in allowing them to switch between uh, third and first. Uh, Alec, what about you? Uh, I'm going to say I like that the f I always played first person. I like that. I think it's more immersive. I think that's the general direction that we should be going. I agree with the cameras comment. I mean, we have rear-facing cameras on our SUVs. I think 
even with technology loss being a problem, I think we should be able to put them on the back of battle mechs that cost 16 million currency, or whatever <laughs> it is. So, <laughs> I don't think it's unreasonable to have an ass cam. Now, uh, also, I'm gonna dive the, in. There's the option for the commander's view, you know, some kind of orbital sab satellite exactly. or something. And I'm gonna dive into, um, you know, me and Darren have talked about this in length. Um, you, you know, you before we get into that, um, you did mention a rear camera. Now, there was a post on the forums, and it basically talked about how in mech games or basically how people's uh, sort of ideas of the cockpit um, they have a strip uh, basically up you know along the the top part of the screen that basically was a rear view camera and what I want to talk about real quick is to dive into this a little bit more and there's always been a uh, debate I guess of your perception of what happens in the novels now if you take your mech rear and you're sitting in the cockpit what are you seeing in front of you now the cool thing is with uh, alex doing uh inglesias doing the uh, um the new concepts he's made the max and the, the the viewports and whatever small and mil military i mean you don't create a big big part of a uh, powerful machine and uh, make it very vulnerable so when you're inside the mech and you're looking out, what are you looking at? Are you actually looking through the viewport and there's a HUD system displayed on that? Or is it? are you looking at instruments uh, in front of you? Is there a three-dimensionally displayed uh, mech? And so one of the things it's always been double-sided you know, sided is some people think that it's sort of like you sitting at your computer screen right now. And in front of you are displayed monitors and in that display basically shows a third-person perspective. It's basically like you sitting inside you know, your mech and you're looking at these cameras and that's where you see your HUD. It's on these computer screens and it's not actually displayed up on the, uh, basically, the glass canopy. It's not glass, armored you know, canopy. You know, I, I quoted that one part from one of the novels a while back. Um, the way I've always understood it from reading the novels is that it's not a heads-up display projected onto the glass or the canopy it's a heads-up display that's in front of you in other words you do have three screens um but they they're not they're not you know physical and those three screens show you a 360 degree view around your mech in 180 degrees of screen so it's um, sort of like you playing a video game inside your mech almost right i mean it's sort of like what we're doing right and and it's not something that's projected from your helmet um the you know that was just for you know, uh, attaching yourself to the mech mentally or whatever. Um, but yeah, the screen was something that came up, and it's it basically, in my opinion, hasn't been represented in any mech game ever. Now, your helmet, just to sort of hit on that, your neural helmet was basically there to to feed your sense of balance. Uh, a lot of people got confused and thought um, that it actually was like portrayed in your neural helmet and it's sort of like the fighter fighter helmets uh, you know of nowadays where it might be displayed like even on a retina or something that is directly in the novels and you know it basically wasn't like that it was basically a neural helmet that you know basically connected to your own sense of equilibrium and pilots actually some pilots would shave their temples and other parts on their head to allow those connectors to basically get a better uh, connection and so that's what the neuro helmet did. And then your other idea was 
uh, or I should say the other idea is that it is displayed up on this, uh, you know, viewport and whatnot. And that's what we've seen so far is that you've actually got this, you know, and, and I think that's the, the route they're going to take, which I don't think it's wrong. It's whatever they decide. Um, I think it's the easiest to implement, honestly, graphic, graphically. And so that's where the, the discussion and debate is, is that actually you looking through the viewport and this HUD system is displayed on the viewport, or is it actually you sitting, you know, in this, you know, MechWarrior that as this pilot and you're looking at these screens in front of you, much like you're looking at a screen. Now it could be even a little bit more advanced to where they're not actually physically, uh, you know, displayed screen. Maybe it actually wraps around in sort of your peripheral view, right, you know, sitting right in front of you and it's a seamless, uh, you know, screen or uh, heads up display as far as display. I mean, I, I just don't get giant glass cockpits. I mean, can you imagine driving around in your M1A1 with a giant glass window in no, front? No, and, and we don't. And that's why, actually, I like the new concept, and, and it puts it in perspective. And one of the things I was talking to uh, uh, someone last night is, when, what is what are the viewports for, and do all mechs have them? Now, not all mechs have viewports. The, uh, the Stinger, the old unseen Stinger, and even in the novels, it talked about how that front sensor or the front what looked like a viewport on the stinger what wasn't actually a viewport it was a sensor panel and that the pilot never actually had a viewport to the outside world uh, so it makes you wonder what is the viewport for now in my personal opinion i just thought it was just sort of like a backup system that if your systems didn't really work you had the option of just sort of looking out and pulling your trigger and there was you know novels that talk about like stuff you know maybe your mech took damage and that's all you had or um or maybe, maybe the enemy's powered down and the only way you can spot them is if you actually look there are a couple you know, situations visually. like that before yeah so you know and that brings up questions like are they going to have infrared magnus scan you know all, all those but you know i thought it was interesting just because you got a lot of people that say oh you know it has to have third person give us third person i want to feel like i'm i'm running and being this massive thing I think you're still going to get that, but I do understand that you want to actually see your mech do it. And that's where, I, you know, let's possibly just give them the shoulder cam and something. That way it'll feed both. But another thing what you guys could look at is if you do give them the shoulder or hip cam, maybe it takes away a lot from their sensory. Maybe all you have is a reticle or no reticle. You have the options to go in there. Um, and the player can sort of witness that, but the focus is on the immersion in the cockpit. And the, the, what I say immersion is just like that video, guys. You know, your mech's getting blown out from underneath you, stuff, bells and whistles are going off, you're having to pull and eject. And so that is, you know, a hot topic on the forums. And um, let us know what you guys think, because, you know, again, we're just a, a group of around four guys and. You know, we don't have all the answers, or we don't have all the right questions. And uh, let us know what you uh, what you guys think. We've got the Facebook page up. Give us a like. Give us a quote. Give us a question that you may want to ask, or hit us up on the forums. Um, we're definitely open. We've got a lot of stuff coming. Um, we will have podcast two up soon. When you get this, um, look towards more information. So, is there anything else you guys want to pipe up about before we call the call the day? Nope, that's good for me. I'd love to see people stop by and say hi on our uh, Facebook page for sure. Awesome. Oh yeah, definitely. Got to plug everything here. Got to plug Facebook, everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in conclusion, next time we'll be talking about whatever the cover 
this Wednesday. Hopefully it's some news. By the way, just to let you know, in the announcement section, Brian created a thread about, hey, read the facts, ask a few questions, and next Wednesday, which is in two days, maybe we'll answer some of those questions. And he closed the thread today. So I would like to add that if uh, anybody wants us to talk about something, then come to the Facebook page and let us know what you want to hear from us. Yes, yes. Or, or even post on the uh, MechWare online forums where we have our little No Guts, No Galaxy goes live post. Even just post on there what you guys want to hear us talk about or if we have a question you want to ask or whatever. And so I'm working on a special guest. Uh, I talked to him previously. I'm not going to mention his name, but he's a big guy over at MechTech. Uh, hopefully, if you're listening, you know who you are and we can get you on board soon. But this is your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. My name is Philip. This is Darren. This is Greg. This is Brandon. And until next time, Warriors. Mm-hmm.